0: How do you feel about this watch?
1: uh it looks like your watch, but a little more nautical or tactile
0: yeah, tactical I tactile. like it yeah, but I feel like it might be a bit too much. okay I don't know. it reminds me of the watch in Metal Gear 5, which is just a watch that Kojima had in the 80s. okay and like he posted a picture of it on his own wrist once I was like oh fuck cool that's a real watch I'm gonna buy it and it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars not because it's an expensive watch but because they just don't make it anymore yeah
1: Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumley, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week.
0: So we watched My Own Private Idaho. Oh, that's where we're going to start? Yeah. Did you want to do a full episode on that? No, but... We got all three written on the board, so I thought we were gonna talk about we're triple all three. threat. Triple threat, maybe. You thinking?
1: I don't know. My own private Idaho. Let's see how long we can talk about this one, because this honestly, it was a movie that, like, when I finished it, I was like, I'd like this. I yeah. also feel like I gotta watch it a couple of times. Yeah, I'm gonna take it back to like being a kid. Again, this is not me as an adult saying this, but I can remember being 12 and seeing, this is so ridiculous, I'm sorry, Donnie Darko, Hmm. and immediately going, I like this, I don't totally understand, nor do I know exactly what I'm connecting to or, like, what I like even, and so, like, almost immediately after, like, I watched it again, and I was like, fuck, I still don't understand this, and I was, like, reading shit, and I was like, okay, That's kind of an interesting way to look at it. Um, I didn't necessarily take it all entirely to heart, but it was nice to kind of have, like, some people's kind of theories in mind and stuff, and I watched it. And just slowly over time, like, I kind of, like, developed, like, okay, I could probably articulate some of the stuff that I like about Donnie Darko. And I'm not saying that this movie is, like, overly complex or anything like that, um, even. But it's definitely one of those things where, like, some of the stuff that appealed to me is just the sort of, like... Um, it's real world, it's concrete, but it's also still a little, like, slightly, um, square peg round hole, almost like that, like, just lynchy, like, dreamy, surreal thing. Yeah. Um, just weird. Just a little, little quirky, but not in, like, a Juno way. And yeah, just that kind of a thing, like, just the weird disjointed communication, disjointed scenes uh camera just kind of weirdly lingering on the horizon while, yeah. you know, River Phoenix says some shit that reinforces themes or symbolism but don't necessarily make a whole lot of, like, just uh, linear narrative plot sense or anything like that. Yeah, I loved right? all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as a whole, like I said, I don't know how productive overall... Of a talk I'll be able to have about it. Yeah, um, same. That's so, I mean. I, <laughs> but is there anything that you're no. dying to say about it?
0: I was going to let you do the heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to test the ball on you. I you went in with no anything. I don't think. Right. Yeah, you were just watching it, and I was like, I got nothing else going on, so yeah. I watched it with you. Um, I thought it. Really How long t- was it before you were like, "Oh, it's kind of interesting"? Uh, immediately. Okay. Uh, as soon as you get the the hook that he's a. Narcoleptic. He just jiggled with narcolepsy. I was like, yeah. "I'm into this. This yeah. could be fun," and I, I was really enjoying it. Liked all the stuff with him and Keanu and the mom from Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. And then they met Bob, mm-hmm. and it got kinda pseudo. Yes, I will say. And I was like, mm, "Ooh, I think I'm out. I'm sorry." Yeah, it and a then they left him, and I was like, "Back right in back. hell, yeah."
1: Yeah, I will say I'm not a big fan of that, but just in general, I don't have a leaning. Towards or like an appreciation for Shakespeare, I just don't. Yeah, me neither. It's just not in my blood. I don't like it. But I will say it was interesting that like the most articulate and seemingly like kind of like I don't know educated or intelligent characters are these homeless street urchins, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah So yeah. that's kind of funny. I do like that. I don't know if that's as far as it goes. It might go farther. That's one of the reasons why maybe I'd like to watch it again. Maybe read what some people have to say about it. But my immediate gut, shallow reaction is just like, oh, that's a neat little funny thing, right? Yeah. And so understanding that it's only takes up some of the runtime of the movie, and that's kind of almost like a little vignette, I can get over it. But I will say that my appreciation kind of grinded a little bit to a, almost a halt. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, mm-hmm. I don't like Shakespeare things, you know.
0: Yeah, I was like, no, nah, I don't love this. And then they're on the motorcycle and they stop at the fire. Mm-hmm. And River Phoenix confesses his love for Keanu Reeves. It's a pretty intense scene. I and like Keanu. Keanu Reeves is like, oh come on, man. I was mm-hmm. like, You got me, I'm back in. Yeah, yeah. And I like that it just ends with him being like, uh, I'll hold you for a minute. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I do like Yeah. The, the the road trip, the cash characters they meet, his brother, um who is his dad if I remember correctly. Spoilers. Yes. Um Yes. Then go to Rome. They meet the gigolos I do there.
1: really appreciate, I believe it's intended to be com- comedic and it's over the top, the fact that they go to Rome and they're like, yeah, your mom's back in America.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's also nice that, again, it's a little surreal and dream logic-y, so there's like that leap where it's like, what would these two street urchin gigolos, like, how, how would they be able to get passports that fast?
0: Uh right. Keanu Reeves is... The mayor. son. Has unlimited money, yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, and they get there and they meet that Italian girl, and as soon as she pops up, I'm like, "I'm in love with you," mm-hmm. and Keanu Reeves is like, "I'm in love with you." <laughs> and yeah, like, and
1: then you get all those scenes where Rivers just kind of just sit there and
0: yeah, which is really a it's heartbreaking. A, it's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like I like that the sex scenes in this movie are just quick flashes of positions, but they're yes. still filmed, so they're moving just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one scene, and listen, I've never had sex with two men before? Yeah. I've never had sex with handcuffs before. hmm So, you tell me if this is a thing, maybe it's not, but when they're having sex with that man who is singing with the lamp, loved yeah. all that stuff, by the way. That was really good, yeah. Um. There's just like a, a quick cut of them banging where I think it's Keanu Reeves is holding two handcuffs to the guy's butt like like a taser. Uh-huh. What are you accomplishing there? I don't know. It's maybe cute.
1: Maybe it's just being like cute little pinchers, pinching the butt a little bit.
0: No, it's I not know. even like he was pinching them. They were just outstretched, and he was just pushing them into one in each butt cheek. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know.
1: I've also never involved handcuffs in my
0: lovemaking. Hmm. We'll have to do some research. Yeah. Hit the yeah, streets. I'm
1: curious also, like, I would even like to, like, look in a little bit to, like, I guess what inspired the story for Gus Van Sant, even? Or if there's a story there or anything like that. I it's mean, based on um, Henry
0: it. the Sum Number by Shakespeare interesting that's like a retelling of that yeah you
1: know. yeah well just like the lion king i'm sure it did a better job than
0: shake a spear hell yeah fuck that guy I'm
1: glad he's <laughs> done i don't hate shakespeare that much but I, I can't i can't really stand it at the same time um yeah because i don't know yeah like i uh like i said throughout you know us watching it together um um i have a couple of friends who. Uh, are sexually oriented in that direction. And there's definitely a decent amount of like, yeah, just old dudes sometimes pay me to jerk me off, you know? So a lot of ways in which it's like very specifically and realistically like grounded in reality. Yeah. You know? And so it's, yeah, this is this weird, like balance between being odd and artsy and surreal and dreamy, but then also really, really real and really, really concrete sometimes, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of a movie I'd go on to watch later in the week, Gummo, Mm -hmm. which I really hope you watch soon. But, yeah, overall, uh, My Own Private Idaho, I loved it. It's a movie that I could see myself rewatching, you know. Um, I would recommend it to people, but I also think there's a chance that it could be a movie, which is fine because there's a lot of movies that I love that I recommend to people, where, like, you might have to be in the right mood, kind of.
0: Yeah, I get that.
1: I don't know. What would you say about kind of if you were to wrap it up as I had if just... I was,
0: if I were to wrap up. Yeah, if you were wrapping it up kind of. The potato movie. I was a B-52 song called My Own Private Idaho. Oh. So. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Yeah. I would recommend it. I don't see myself ever watching it again probably. I feel like I got what I needed out of it. Um, who knows? I'm not saying I won't watch it again, mm-hmm. but I don't see me ever in my life being like, you know what? I'm going to give my own private eye hold another shot. I
1: just think there are a lot of scenes that I'd like to see again, um kind of like how I was showing you a couple of the scenes from like Gummo that I was like, oh yeah, this is cool, and I want to show people this yeah, that kind of a thing like it's It's definitely like a sensory thing where like I want that more you know I wasn't necessarily entirely like gripped by the story. I know there was a story there, and there's some interesting story beats and stuff, but it's more so like um. Yeah, just, like, a passive, like, I just want to sit and, like, have
0: it come my way again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had just a quick aside. Sure. Maybe maybe we'll talk about it more at another time. But you were talking about how perplexed you were by Donnie Darko. Yeah. Just, I'm just giving you a shit. No, I was. I'm um, not going to lie. I had the exact same experience myself last night. I watched 2001 A Space Odyssey for yeah. the first time. Uh, you wrapped it up perfectly. I don't know what I'm connecting to in this movie, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it it is no shining Mm -hmm. i feel as i'm getting older the best way i can wrap this up i like cowboys more than i like astronauts now so i i don't know i don't know if you knew this about me but back in the day ooh, just all about space okay love all that shit aesthetically ideologically (laughs) sorry just had a stroke trying to say a word (laughs) i'm not gonna try again um just everything about space i just really enjoyed okay i was watching 2001 and i was like eh, it all looks really good
1: mm-hmm. um especially being i'm pretty sure pre a human being ever being in space
0: maybe i'm pretty sure it was 1968
1: we went to the moon in 69 i think because it was know. jfk was like we'll do it by the end of the decade and they got shot and everybody was like ah, are we gonna really make the deadline i wasn't that in the space i don't know the exact i could date. be wrong i could be wrong but I think it was very much so like the inception of its day. Um, really like... Um, not inception. I'm oh, my God. I no. meant interstellar. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's the interstellar of its day. Uh, not to say that interstellar is like superior. I just, I, I say most people would say interstellar yeah, is no. the 2001 of this day.
0: Yeah. No. But I get that. Yeah. And yeah, I was thinking of interstellar a lot while watching it. And mm. I was just kind of like... Uh, I'm kind of over space movies yeah. so I don't know how much I'm going to look into 2001 to try and understand it a little bit more I probably will but it didn't get me like The Shining did nope. The Shining when I watch it I was immediately like I know exactly what I like about this movie yeah, and I'd like to know as much as possible about it
1: um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's no other movie that like as soon as it starts there's just this fucking trance it's got this aura yeah. Oh, yeah. and I'm Absolutely. just in there's no getting yeah. me out that's not a movie that I'm walking away halfway through. Like I am in when that's on. Yeah, it's almost hypnotic.
0: And I started feeling that during 2001. Yeah, because it's so slow. Arguably, like, 2001 yeah. is kind of boring. Yeah. Um, but and that's totally fine sometimes for a movie. Um,
1: will be a podcast probably where we talk about this. I should watch it
0: again and then we
1: could actually talk about
0: it. But, yeah. But yeah, those are just my general thing feelings on it so far. I love it aesthetically. Um,
1: pre-dance Star Wars looks a little bit like Star Wars sometimes like the suit that Dave's wearing yeah I like the, suit that, like a,
0: I, I like the suits and everything reflecting off their helmets so when he's not wearing the helmet it like kind of is projected on his face uh, I love Hal he seems like a cool guy even when he turns I was like you know what I like to play chess with this guy he seems, he seems <laughs> like a good time I love last thing I'll bring up about it is I've seen people talk about it before when they talk about like you know just explaining things in movies without telling you, like telling you visually. There's that part where they go into the pod to talk about Hal together without Hal being able to hear them. Yeah, and they're talking and they're talking and they're talking and it cuts. It, Hal is in the center of the screen the entire time in the background, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to a close up on him and his light, and all the sound is gone. Mm-hmm. So you know it's from his point of view. And then it cuts back to their mouths. It switches Mm -hmm. from back to forth, back and forth, and you're like, oh, fuck, you can read their lips. Mm -hmm. And it's such a brilliant little way to show you what this computer is thinking or Mm. what this person is thinking. Show, don't tell, exactly. It was great.
1: On a side note, I feel like I've been just hashtag blessed lately. Because I haven't seen a bad movie in a while. Yeah, that's a great It's just been a hitter after hitter. I mean... Well, that's not actually true. I saw Amityville Horror, and that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, but then we watched Magnolia. Then we watched fucking...
0: Fargo. Fargo,
1: Carrie, My Own Private Idaho, Gummo. We did know, watch Scream 2. Scream though. and Scream 2. Scream 2, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. That's a mixed bag, in had my I had a good opinion. time, though. Yeah. We'll talk about when we talk about it, I guess. You want to grade My Own Private Idaho?
0: Um, out of... Like an doing? A to F
1: kind of thing, So I feel like that's yeah, better than like giving it like again. Yeah, I forgot. numbers. Because um, then that's more of like a whatever it was going for. How did it do? I'd give it a cool B minus. I was thinking B plus A range, but I guess I'll say B plus because I don't want everything like I know I've seen a lot of good movies lately, and I don't want to keep saying like A A plus, right? Yeah. So I'll say I'd be plus.
0: I'm really excited lately. I'm just I'm on a goddamn roll with movies lately. Yeah. Every time I watch a movie, my entire life, I'm like, I watch a movie, especially a good movie. And I'm like, ah, I feel great. I love mm-hmm. movies. I got to watch more movies. And then a long time passes and I don't watch another movie. Mm-hmm. But lately, I'll just be hanging around and I'm like, fuck, I want to watch a movie right now. Mm-hmm. And I've just been doing it. Yeah. And I'm very, I'm very happy about it.
1: As have I. I've actually been bummed out. Like, even yesterday, when I was like, I got band practice, but I kind of just wanted to come
0: home and watch a movie. Yeah. Or you were like, right, I got to go to a band practice. I was like, oh, I want to watch The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even earlier, you were like, "Let's watch The Godfather." And I was like,
1: "I know, but we should probably do a podcast." Yeah,
0: fucking stupid thing.
1: Yeah. So,
0: Scream. Scream one. Yeah. Let's go. How move many times have you seen Scream now? How many What's times have you seen Scream? How many times have I seen Scream? Yeah. Probably like a uh, six, seven times, maybe. Yeah. Good movie. Can you bit. take yourself back to the first time you ever saw it? First time I ever saw Scream, I don't know what got me to watch it, but I saw it on YouTube. So okay. One of those things. I found the whole uh, the whole thing in like three parts on YouTube, mm-hmm. and like 1480p or something like that. Uh, and I watched it and I loved it. I was like, "Oh, this is great!" And then I was like, "Oh, sick! They got Scream Two. And I watched it and I was like, "Oh, okay, they got Scream three. I'm here. I guess I'll watch Scream three And yeah. I don't remember anything. I remember who the killer is in Scream three because I recognize him from a TV show, mm-hmm. but I don't know his character, or his motivations or anything like that. I'm sorry, their motivations. um, Spoilers. But, yeah. Yeah, first time I watched Scream, I was, uh, I don't know, maybe uh sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was cool. And I think the next time I watched it, I was like, oh, no, this is this movie's really special. Um, it's not particularly scary ever. I would disagree a little bit. I mean, it has its moments where it's a yeah. little spooky, but I think that's it.
1: I would say Ghostface feels dangerous. Yeah. And that's where a little bit of the scare comes from for me. Like, anytime he's on on screen, I'm like, oh. Because I think there's a lot of, like, gruesome deaths and gory kind of shit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Scream. So it seems like a much more visceral thing, right?
0: I I think that uh, part of that is due to the fact that he is just a dude. Yeah. And I think it is very clearly... Which is kind of my problem with the second one. There's yeah. a lot of, like, how uh, did
1: he get over there? Uh, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean,
0: fuck, I'll get to it now. There's a part in Scream 2 where they're in the back of a cop car driving away. <laughs> and a cop turns and looks in the backseat. He's like, oh, ha, ha, cop joke, am I right? And a ghost faces is just outside of the car and punches through the window and starts killing all of them. Yeah. And I'm like,
1: what the fuck is this? Well, then towards the tail end of the thing. They've established that there's only one way out of the car. Yeah. They run away from the car. Then the main girl, whose name is? Sydney. Sydney Prescott, is like, wait, i got to go back and find out. She goes back. He's not in the car. Then somehow he's made his way behind her friend who stayed back to where the turning point was, even though, again, established there's only one way out of the car. And like I said, it's like a Batman moment where it's like, yes, I understand how he probably could have, but one, not without making a scene, and two, not that quickly kind of a thing.
0: Also, he was just unconscious for a three, four minutes straight. There's no way he's dub. got the, the mental fortitude yeah. to do but that sneaking. back to Scream Back <laughs> to Scream 1. I think he's a man, and that's what makes him scary. Men. Yeah. That's what makes him scary. And I think that point is really well illustrated um, in the beginning with Drew Barrymore. Where like she's like hiding behind the TV or something like that. Or she's like looking in through the window and she's outside at this point and you see him just like moving curtains and like looking through shit like fuck is she back here is she over here instead of like a, a jason voorhees or something like that where they're just like you turn around they're like ah i'm there mm-hmm. you see him just like fucking gee where'd she go <laughs> that's great <laughs> i love it
1: yeah that first scene it's really hard well one of the first things that i mentioned was like i wish that i would have been not to get all le wrong generation but I wish that there I could have seen Scream before the Ghostface Killer was a branded thing. Because I think that there's a layer to which Scream is scary. Because from my understanding, at least, that was a pretty common costume. It's no. not something they came up with for the movie.
0: It's not something they came up with for the movie. It, it was a costume that was sold like at a local carnival. Mm-hmm. And The local carnival had the rights to it. Okay. So, no, I don't think you would have seen if you were in that generation. Yeah, you would have you seen it on Halloween air, or anything like yeah, that, you right? Yeah, you probably wouldn't have seen it before this
1: Yeah, movie. but at least it's not a thing where it's like, oh, that's Ghostface. And I guess you could say that about all the movies. Like, I wish there was a way that I could see Jason Voorhees with a hockey mask for the first time and not already have that burned into my brain. Or yeah. even Freddy Krueger. Uh, but anyways... The other thing about it is, like, there's that moment, which, again, like, I wish I could experience or, like, remember experiencing for the first time where, like, he goes, like, what's your name? And she's like, why do you want to know my name? And it's the turning point in the conversation because he goes, because I want to know who I'm looking at. Oh, yeah. And it's a really, really, like, still gives me a little bit of chills, but it doesn't hit me as hard as I feel like it would, like... Again, like, I just wish I was cognizant of the first time I heard that bit, because that is a big, and it's good, and it still works, I think.
0: Yeah, as we were talking about it while we were watching it, it's the old, the call is coming from inside the mm-hmm. house thing, uh, which was just a scary thing on the it to me as a kid. And mm-hmm. to this day, yeah, no, that is, ooh, bone-chilling.
1: Yeah, and so, like, I think the first scene is a really, really important scene, because, uh, like I said, yeah, there's, like, this brutality and, like, visceral nature, too, with, like, danger to, like, Ghostface. He really does feel like a threat. Um... There's an element to which where like it's set in this like white suburban safe don't lock your doors kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there's that you know neat thing where like uh, Ghostface says like I'm at the front door, I'm at the back door, you decide kind of a thing. Yeah. She's like, no, I don't want to play this game. Little secret, obviously, they're both at each door, so there's no way she's gonna pick the right door, right? Because there's two of them.
0: Actually, no, I think it's just Johnny Depp. Because I think later, Jamie Kennedy's like, oh, well, where were you last night, Matthew? Literally, he's like, I was with my girlfriend all night. Mm. And so that's okay. how they can kind of get away with it by having okay. an alibi. One of them has an alibi at all times, you know?
1: But anyways, fast forward to the end. like, And again, it ends on like such a fucking like, dark and brutal like moment where like the parents are coming up to the doors and she's just around the corner. And she yeah. can't speak because her lungs are filling up with blood and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 she yeah. dies right there. And I will say I don't like... It's almost like that scene in The Silence of the Lambs I've talked about before where like there's just a jump-the-shark moment where like how would Hannibal Lecter actually be able to pull this off? The fact that they somehow got her strung up on the tree that quick. Climbing, climbing trees aren't that easy, especially if you're alone, like you were saying. If it's just one yeah. guy with a body yeah.
0: climbing the tree and
1: hanging it, like how would that happen that fast? It just wouldn't.
0: I'm going to say maybe he set it up beforehand. Because mm-hmm. I obviously had a plan. Mm-hmm. He knew the boyfriend was coming gonna tape him up in the backyard mm-hmm. so I'd say maybe before he got there or maybe before he called her he had a noose and he threw it over the tree branch sure it's also laying on the ground so he can just <clears throat> sure I mimed pulling a rope yeah. for our listeners
1: either way it's just one of those moments where like it stops and makes you think but not necessarily like in an interesting way yeah just in like a
0: well
1: you have to try to explain it for yourself kind of whatever so anyways opening
0: scene good also really strong really strong also due to the fact that it's Drew Barrymore Uh one of the biggest movie stars on the planet and she Mm -hmm. dies immediately (laughs) like I'm taking this from something I read or heard not too long ago about Scream Mm -hmm. Drew Barrymore is on the fucking poster (laughs) yeah And yeah, like that's it's it's a classic uh, Hollywood like a like a psycho thing Mm -hmm. where it's like oh someone that you think is here to stay Mm -hmm. we're taking them out almost immediately.
1: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and I do like that to this day. Even though I know who dies, there there's just a feeling that like anybody could die, right? Like yeah, I really genuinely feel that in this movie. Like I don't really other than Sydney Prescott. Obviously, she's safe, but yeah, just
0: I don't know. I always feel like. And it's a little on edge more than other slasher movies. It's one of those movies that every time I watch it, like you said, I know everything that happens in this movie. But when she's running up to that porch and she can't scream at her parents, I'm like, I'll oh, just throw the phone, throw the phone on the porch. They'll hear it. They'll mm-hmm. look at you. You'll be safe.
1: Uh, you mentioned that uh, Billy Loomis looks like Johnny Je- De- Johnny Depp, and I I, I actually like <laughs> made a note about that that he's like. The dark, creepy, twisted version of Johnny Depp's character in that movie. Because Johnny Depp's character in that movie is pretty normal. He's just like a normal guy who wears, like, yeah. football cut-off sweaters and gets sucked into a bed. And, Anyways, uh, but yeah, he's, he's kind of like a fucked-up, weird kid version of Billy Loomis. Yeah. Or not Billy Loomis, Johnny Depp. And uh, I guess maybe just talk about strong scenes. There's also the scene where he comes to visit Sidney Prescott, Billy does, and he drops the cell phone. Yes. Right? Right after she's been attacked by... The ghost face? Yeah.
0: And I love, throughout this whole movie, like, almost right off the bat, they're like, oh, it's this guy. And it's the classic slasher movie Mm fake-out, where they're like, ooh, this guy's bad, Yeah, he's the obvious candidate Mm -hmm. for the whole thing, and then, uh uh-oh, he gets killed at the end, so you're like, oh, fuck, I have no idea who it's gonna be now. And it's him. It's him the entire time.
1: You know what I'll say, though? The cell phone's less suspicious to me, probably because... We live in an age where there's cell phones everywhere, whatever. But the thing that always sticks out to me every time I watch it is it's way more unsettling that he just says he's gone. He's gone. He's trying to, like, comfort her by saying, like, oh, don't worry, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. And that's one of those things where it's, like, if my girlfriend was that upset about that kind of a thing, I don't think I would just go, like, oh, well, I don't see anybody in the immediate vicinity, so he's gone, he's gone, right? Like, let's say you're, like, trying to, like, lie or even, like, put yourself in that situation. Like... It'd be way more believable if he, like, I don't know, opened up the door and, like, was looking around and was like, no, yeah. he's he's gone, he's gone, don't worry. But the fact that she he goes, oh, no, shh, he's gone, he's gone, yep. that okay. is the thing that really, like, is bone-chilling to me. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that's really fucked.
0: I also, like, earlier in that scene where he calls her as Ghostface, she says something along the lines of, like, I don't like horror movies because it's some, you know big chested bimbo mm-hmm. who is running up the stairs and she should be running out the front door. And then she immediately... And then later no, the door gets locked. She tries to go out the front door it's locked oh, and right, she right, has to right. run up the stairs. Yes, like, yes. I that's forgot. so good. That she has to do.
1: <laughs> right. Excuse me.
0: I'm um, trying to think
1: of other scenes that really... Uh, are there, is there anything that really like jumps out at you as like, oh, this is a great
0: scene? Um. Yes. Skipping to the end of the movie. Something I'd never noticed until we watched it this time is obviously they're watching Halloween mm-hmm. at the party, but there's those scenes where he's creeping through the house uh-huh. and they play the Halloween music. Yes. Because it's technically diegetic. It's happening mm-hmm. in the scene, but they pump it through all the way. Well, you know what?
1: S- what? I don't know if you're going to go there or not, but one thing that I really like is there's a scene that Billy Loomis can recognize by hearing it. And she re- he realizes that it's the scene where Jamie Lee Curtis is hiding from the killer in the closet. And he walks past the closet, stops and thinks, Sydney's probably in here. And that's when he opens up the closet to check um, Oh, no, her. I didn't notice that. That's yes. really good. That's right? really good. And it's really, really, really good because one of the things that people always praise this movie for is like kind of being like... Eh, maybe ham food or whatever, but like a social critique also of just like how media saturated we all are. Right? Yeah. All of these characters are constantly making references to, oh, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel or like, there's a formula. Don't you know the rules? You know, and so like, I just love the fact that he could, you know, recognize yeah. yeah,
0: it. Yeah. So what I really love about this movie is that it's, you know, it's, you know, an homage, it's a critique, it's a spoof, whatever word you want to call it, for slasher movies. And anytime you get a movie like that, that's like, "Oh, we're paying homage to this thing," it always feels ham-pisted It always feels a little, a little overdone or underdone. Or even like
1: there's an air of like levity, yeah, or lightness, or joking, yeah, yeah. or like, "Oh, we're being a little silly." This is hardcore the whole time.
0: Yeah, because this it is. It's uh, Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. He was there. When these things were invented, he mm-hmm. invented a lot of them. So it so it feels like him playing with those things. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like someone else trying to recreate that. Yes. It feels like him being like, oh, I'm going to do this as good as possible yeah. uh, to a science. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Well, that's what we've had the conversation before where like, I want to see the last house on the left yeah. and the hills have eyes like the originals that he did. Because, yeah, that's a really nice thing about Scream 2. Not that this guarantees that it would work. But it's just a beautiful stars-aligned moment where, yes, you have this horror master who continues to be a master of it and then gets to the point in his career almost like meta-comedy yeah, right where he can make a really, really good horror movie that's also
0: table-talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's making fun without of it itself being corny. and you, yeah. but also you're sold the entire yeah. time.
1: Um, and there's another scene where they play a little bit with Halloween where Jamie Kennedy... Jamie Kennedy is sitting on yeah. the couch with the killer behind him saying, Jamie, right behind you. Come on, Jamie, Jamie. Yeah. Turn around, Jamie, yeah. Jamie, right oh, behind so good. you. Yeah, right. So I also like that. Um, there were a couple of things that uh, also, like I just think hit really, really nicely. Like I've seen the movie before. So like I have a different experience and obviously so do you and stuff like that. But like even when like the reporter, uh, Gail Weathers is talking to Sydney and she's like, I think you put the wrong man in jail. And I'm like, get him gail she did and it's so sad also because you feel bad because like sydney thinks for sure this is the guy that did it but also you know you're like yeah you put cotton in there for no reason this is a, it's a you 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 uh you uh uh fuck what's his name you making a murder of this guy what's his fucking name Stephen avery yeah you Stephen avery cotton (laughs) yeah yeah
0: i get that but also at the same time hey gail this is a child yeah
1: yeah that's also so beyond fair um, Or, like, uh, it still hits so hard that, like, Sydney's having this, like, emotional breakthrough of, like, you know what, you're right, I really, really do have to move on past my mom's death with the fucking guy who killed oh, her mother. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's so many little things in there. Like, I haven't seen Last House and Left, but I know it's fucked up and gruesome, and I know, like, Wes Craven was making movies, specifically horror movies, at a time where, like, you just went for it. Like, I Spit on Your Grave, a rape revenge movie, right? And there's so many of those, like, holdovers in this movie, right? Like the opening scene we talked about like just being inches away from your parents as your like lungs are filled up with blood and you're screaming for your parents i mean you can't get any more physical embodiment of comfort than that right yeah like that's safety beyond safety right yeah and she's just dying right there they're going to the house they have no idea right and yeah same thing with like that situation right like it's almost the definition of irony right where like you as the viewer I mean it's because I've seen it before sure but like you as the viewer know something that they don't know kind of thing so you're just sitting there and you're like ah fuck this makes it so much more heavy right yeah she's having this emotional emotional breakthrough with like someone who should be an important person in her life that for the rest of her life and instead it's the guy who killed her mother yeah
0: it's a guy that she's going to kill in about 20 minutes (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
1: And, you know, at the end, there's uh, actually, like, I kind of made a list of some of, like, the rules and the little references that I'm just going to rifle off. I don't know if it's going to be funny or not. Um, I will say another, like, kind of table talky moment, like the... Uh, foreshadowing of like the, oh, running out the door when they should be running or running upstairs when they should be running out of the door and then the door is locked. So she has to do that. There's also the point where all the, the guys are sitting around watching Halloween and they're like, come on, where's the tit shot? You know, there's always got to be the obligatory tit shot then hard cut to Sydney at taking off her bra, but it slowly yeah, pans are, so yeah, that yeah, Billy yep. Loomis is covering it. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, so there's another little denial there. Also, the one that's very frequently pointed out is that one of Jamie Kennedy's rules is that only a virgin can kill the killer, and yet she loses yep. her, you know, virginity right before killing the the guy. I will also say I love. Again, I think this is a really strong like script. If it hasn't been abundantly clear, I love that like when the climax happens. There's it's like. I love the the Gail Weathers, like, bumping into everything happening, right? Like, she gets in the van, um, or maybe, no, I think she starts with seeing Dewey, right? Dewey dies, so she runs to the van, then uh, she's like, oh, there's blood everywhere, then Jamie Kennedy shows up, right, in the window, and he, like, she, like, pushes him or something like that, or whatever, and he falls down, and then she, like, reverses real hard, and Ken slides down, yeah, right? And then she uh, flies off and fucking runs into Sydney. Sydney. Who's yeah, looking for help yeah. and then gets into a car accident, right? And so, like, in this 45 second shot, you, like, kind of have that thing where, like, almost like Magnolia, where, like, everything converges. Yeah, like, everything yeah. you've been watching for the last 10 minutes just kind of comes together. I think that was great. And then, um, I guess I would put your way because I've been going on for way too long. I love this movie a lot. Is there anything you want to make mention of, real quick, before um, I keep steamrolling um, ahead?
0: Um,. There are a few moments, only one I can think of off the top of my head, so I'm going to say one moment, that is one of those, like, ooh, watching it a second time, I understand this now. First time you watch it, you're like, oh, these guys are just best friends. And they play it really well when they're in the video store. Jimmy Kennedy's talking to Matthew Lillard, and he's like, that guy's the fucking killer. Your mm-hmm. friend is the killer. And then he's behind him, he's like, oh, maybe it's you, blah, 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 and Matthew Lillard is just hanging on Jamie Kennedy's back. He's like, mm. yeah, man, what if it is you? <laughs> and when you watch it the first time, you're just like, okay, yeah, he's he's his boy, so we stand up for him. And even when he walks away and Matthew Lillard's on his back and just continues his conversation with Jamie Kennedy, but when you watch it again and you know it's both of them, you're like, oh, no, it's the killers squeezing in on this guy together. Yeah. Um, I also like Jamie Kennedy a lot in this movie. Jamie Kennedy? Yeah, he's such a cute
1: little nerd boy. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I had one more. I lost it. Give me one Well, I think.
1: Well, I mean, the last thing I kind of want to talk about is just the big reveal at the end, right? Of who the killers are. And just all of their dialogue. Uh, just kind of talking about, like, you know, it's more scary when like you don't have a motive and whatnot or like oh how about this is this motive enough for you your whore mom ruined my parents marriage that's why i did it Whatever. not even that i think that's exactly why he did it i think he's just you know kind of you know doing the same thing that that uh cheerleader is doing in the bathroom and she's like um, it's because this generation's brain is rotted out by whatever, and now she's trying looking for any way that she could possibly, right, where they're just kind of yeah, being yeah, pretentious, yeah. right? I think it's the same thing that he's doing there, where he's like, oh, what if it's this? Does that fit it enough? No, I mean, really, at the end of the day, he's like, now I'm just a fucking psycho.
0: Yeah, and I love when uh, she's on the phone with Matthew Willard. later. She's like, so what about you? What is your, yeah. uh, he's like, I peer I'm, pressure. I'm way too sensitive. <laughs> yeah. God, he's so, he like, I, I love, Matthew Willard's my favorite in this movie because he's kind of funny throughout the whole thing Mm -hmm. and then at the end where it's the two of them like ooh I'm afraid of him Mm -hmm. and then when he gets stabbed too many times from Mm -hmm. then on I'm like funniest fucking guy in the movie but he's
1: also it's like a natural funny he's not going for laughs he's also serious like it's still a really good performance yeah and he's kind of sad but it's so funny yeah it's so layered. and again like just a moment of silence I don't know if I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Matthew Little is an underrated actor.
0: It's. I think it's the thing my that's brought up the most on this podcast is yeah. how much we love Matthew. Lillard. I love
1: Matthew. Lillard. And this is a great example. I'm, yeah, that line with the whole like uh, peer pressure thing. Just the way he delivers where he's like peer pressure. I'm far too sensitive. Um, and it's a line that like it's even got the cadence kind of of like a, even like a Marvel joke or something like that. Like right. Like yeah. It's a little silly. It's almost like Twitter. That's where I get all my news. You know.
0: Yeah. It's like <laughs> I, it works so well. <laughs> Everything <laughs> everything from Matthew Lillard at that end is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, when they're stabbing each other, obviously. He's like, I think he cut me through the middle Yeah, he's like... <laughs> the, "I,", I w- <laughs> He stabs Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard stabs him. And then he stabs Matthew Lillard, like, six times.
1: Yeah, and I like that, because it's like a natural response, like billy loomis is a psycho who has no empathy right yeah, so yeah. he just got hurt and he's like fuck you you piece of shit even though they already agreed right like the circumstances have changed in his head because he doesn't have any empathy right he's thinking that was fucked up you fucking bitch you know yeah and, and it's like some more
0: and like just thinking about it just being like okay i'm prepared to get stabbed to do this mm-hmm. and so they get stabbed it Was like oh that's fucked up that they can do this and then he keeps stabbing Matthew Litter, and Matthew Litter's like, you have to stop. I cannot take anymore.
1: Yeah, there's like a point where he starts coughing out of his mouth just a little bit. You see a little bit of blood at first, and then eventually, obviously, his mouth is very blood-even.
0: Yeah, and he's like, got, uh, yeah. Johnny Depp is like, oh, go get him. He's like, I can't, man. I uh, think I lost too much blood.
1: Yeah, how about that scene where he's like, uh, Houston, we have a problem. The gun, man. I put it right uh, here. No, uh, no it's, it's
0: not. It was right here. Yeah.
1: you yeah, know. Yes.
0: Oh, did you really call the police? <laughs> Bet your ass I did. Oh, my mom is going to be so mad. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I love when he takes the phone from him and he's talking to Sidney. He's like, God, he throws the phone. He's like, Oh, you hit me with the fucking phone. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up the bulk of what I have to say about it.
0: Uh, one thing I don't like about the movie, and yeah. I don't like it every time I see it, she takes the time to put the costume on.
1: doesn't ring a bell for me.
0: Johnny Depp is going around looking for her, Uh and then she pops out of the closet, and she stabs him with an umbrella, but she Mm. has the costume on. Okay. For some reason, it doesn't ring a bell in my mind. Well, it happens.
1: So, yeah, and then there's a little bit of wrap-up. There's a couple more, like, oh, the killer always comes back from one last scare, you know.
0: And she's like, bang, not in my movie. It's like, yeah, okay, but he did, (laughs) though.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, one of the first uh, things that I wrote down in terms of uh, movie references... Maybe this will jog a memory in your mind. I don't remember exactly when it said, but there's a point where someone says something to the effect of like, "Oh, that's dumb. You might as well go." Who? Oh, it's Ghostface in the first scene. He's like, uh, "Or oh, no, 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 no. It's uh, Drew Barrymore." She says like, uh, "Oh fuck." It's the line where they make fun of like uh, doing the whole "Who's there?" or like going investigate. I think it's Ghostface that says it to her. He says something to the effect of like, uh, "Oh, don't do that. You might as well go. Who's there?" or go to investigate a noise or something like that, right?
0: Okay, vaguely,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else do we have? We also have, obviously, Billy Loomis gives a little bit of a speech. That I don't like that too much, where he goes on about how, like, hey, I was watching The Exorcist at home, and I realized it was edited for TV, and all the good stuff was gone. As I was thinking about our relationship, and how it's kind of edited for TV, and, like, you know, I want to push for NC-17, Oh, my God. But, <laughs> That's the
0: biggest thing about this movie. You brought it up. It's, it's very much so a side of him being, him being a psychopath and a narcissist. But when he's, like come on your mom's been dead a year Ugh. that's not that is not enough time to get over your mom being yeah. dead and I love her response is like a year tomorrow
1: yeah. uh, then her best friend Britta Sophia uh, Rose McGowan yeah, the actor's name uh, when she's talking about how Drew Barrymore was killed she goes like she was like splatter movie killed um, yes, you also mentioned the why would I watch a horror movie? They're all the same. You know, some big chested yada yada going upstairs. when should go out the door. Yada yada yada. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, you have uh, Matthew Lillard saying like, uh, or someone, one of their friends saying something to the effect of like, surprise, he even wants to talk to you after you
0: branded him the Candyman or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I believe at one point, I'm sorry if you had this written down. That's but fine. I noticed it on my own. And it's time. I didn't have to write it down. No, it's time. Uh, Her friend says, like, oh, yeah, it's something out of, like, a Wes Carpenter movie or something. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, okay.
1: (laughs) That's funny. Uh, There's also Janitor Fred.
0: Yep. Played by Wes
1: Craven. Uh, Stripes in the hat like Freddy Krueger. The conversation that you were talking about with the strong-arming, the twerp, uh, you know, where he gives the explanation that there's always a reason to kill your girlfriend, you know? If the motive is too complicated, you lose your audience, right? You know, talks about how there's a formula. If I were a horror, if it, if it were a horror movie, I'd be the prime suspect. You know, he also gives the, it's the millennium, you know, motives are incidental, uh, right? Yep. Uh, when Sydney's best friend is getting murdered in the garage, she's like, oh, I spit on your garage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. I already mentioned that one. You know, there's the whole life is a movie. Life isn't a movie argument they have where he's like, it's all one great big movie, but you can't pick your genre. I do like the you can't pick your genre line. I think that's not bad. Yeah. More than the the whole like, oh, our relationship is edited for T V thing that Billy Loomis did earlier. Um also his last name is Loomis. Yeah. There's also the chat about the blood and Halloween uh being too red, it's all wrong, you know, it's all predictable. I want to see breasts, when do we get to see breasts? Right, and then Jamie kicks off into his rules. He gives three rules. You remember the three rules?
0: Uh no sex. No drugs or drinking, mm-hmm. and don't say I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, I read this one. Happens at the beginning of the movie. Uh, Drew Barrymore's parents come home. Mm-hmm. The dad goes, Take the phone, go to the Mackenzies, call the police in Halloween. Uh, when he That's breaks what she it, says to the little boy. She goes, Go to the McKenzie's, the McKenzie's house. McKenzie's, yeah, yeah cause it's
1: across the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we all go a little mad sometimes. What is that one? That one's fucking. Oh. That might be Signs of the lambs or some shit i can't remember offhand keep reading i'll look it up no go ahead when he talks about billy loomis talks about faking dying earlier it's corn syrup it's what they use for the pig's blood and carry you know he also gives the explanation for you know his idea to murder is watch a couple movies take a
0: couple notes it's psycho
1: it's psycho there you go yeah psycho <laughs> so this is also a movie where they say the title of the movie a couple of times but in this a right lot specific lot one. Scream, yeah. yeah but they also say it there's a point where like uh, Lloyd goes like and you're gonna love this baby it's a scream oh yeah so yeah, there yeah. you go that's what I'm gonna consider them using the title that's the one line I'm gonna consider um, they also say kind of you know black humorishly like uh these days you gotta have a sequel or whatever right because they get they say we get to live on to for the sequel because we get to have the... And there's also a point where uh, Sydney throws it back in their face during the climax and she says, you've seen one too many movies, right? Don't blame the movies or something like that, right? Uh, There's also that little bit. And uh, then obviously we mentioned the dead killer comes back for one more scare thing, right? so those were all of the little references that I try to
0: keep a little track of. I wish you told me you were taking notes.
1: Well, I just... Because the last (laughs) time we talked to you said, like, oh, I was thinking about keeping a little bit of notes. So I did a similar thing where, like, I didn't write down every fucking thing that happened or everything like that. I was like... For this one, I'm just gonna make note of every little in joke they make.
0: All right. Well, then I'll keep. I'll listen to myself more often, I guess. Yeah.
1: You have good ideas. I didn't mean to shoot you down. Did it feel like I shot you down? No, you just had way more than I did. I feel. I'm no, sure. I mean like when we had our initial conversation about no, you no, taking notes. It okay. Okay. Just making sure I wasn't crushing you. So then we immediately watched Scream Two. Well, before we move on, ugh. You wanna wrap it up in any way, or even give it a grade, perhaps?
0: I'll give Scream an A. I'll give it an A. It's great. It's great. I, I'm so I'm blown away. I'm by still you still blown it away up that I never noticed that he checks the closet. Oh, that's so good.
1: Yeah, it's really good because they even cut to the screen and showed Jamie in the uh, in the closet to give like the audience context. So like you,
0: I remember them cutting yeah. to that, but yeah, no, I never I never picked up that he opens yeah. the closet. Like, I'm it's almost to,
1: it's almost as good as the Hal scene you're describing, yeah, right? Yeah, it's have to show go don't back. tell. Right? Yeah,
0: I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. That's so yeah. good. Yeah.
1: And I, I, it's almost a little... Like, I'm fine with it. I'm totally comfortable with who I am. But look at how much I had to say and how enthusiastically I had to say it about Scream as opposed to
0: my own Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> so Scream... Oh, yeah. Uh, Scream 2. We watched it immediately after. And I'm going to take the lead for just a second because I just want to get this out. I've just been biting my tongue the whole time. Uh, it's been so long, even though I had a very similar experience with Scream to you right like i've seen scream one <laughs> so many times there was a point where i was a kid and my uncle had like the box set and i was like i'm watching all three and i watched all three and i've never seen two or three ever again just yep. the one time yep. now that they're awful it was just like it didn't leave enough of an impression of me as a as a kid right um but you were like fuck it let's watch the second one and i was like you know what fuck it let's watch the second one and in general mixed bag we can get into it but i did like that on this watch it had been so long that i was like oh fuck who is the killer <laughs> yeah
0: I thought that too uh, and then I was like ugh cause I can like picture all of them I can picture the third act
1: so well but yeah. I, just, I was like I can't picture anybody being there besides Cotton so for a long time I was like is it Cotton
0: yeah and then eventually one character goes away for way too long yeah that and another me, yeah. small character starts showing up a lot for no reason mm-hmm. I'm like alright oh, it's them
1: yeah Yeah,
0: and I was uh, tipped off probably mostly that Timothy Oliphant is in the movie because he is just a just a sinister looking man. Yeah, and they play him as a nice, nice good guy who just is of no consequence at all. Mm -hmm. And like I said, just disappears for the last like hour of the movie until the very end.
1: Yeah, which I'm gonna say overall, this movie has like. A handful of scenes I truly, genuinely love, but as a whole, falls flat in my opinion.
0: That's how I'm feeling about it. Yeah. How do you and feel about? Sorry, go, go on. Go ahead. No, hit it. How do you feel about the opening?
1: Um, the opening is yes. You know, I think mixed baggy because there are things that I like about it, but then also like, you know, it it kind of feels. I like think it just kind of follows the formula of the first one. Like, they wanted something that's really going to, like, get you in the start. So it's like, oh, murder in the movie theater, which is a great idea. And I love that nobody knows if it's real at first and stuff like that. Um, but I, it's spotty is what I'd say. Yeah,
0: I, I like that it is, like you were saying, as a child, mm-hmm. saw that fucking face mask everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I like the whole, like, yeah, everybody has this mask. Yeah, they're passing it out at the movie theater. But, yeah, just seen a bunch of people it uh wearing one was cool but also that at the same time that fucking movie theater people just screaming and standing up and throwing shit and stuff like that it's like rocky horror picture show in never there. in a million years yeah i yeah. guess like rocky horror picture show where you know you're gonna go and get that but yeah i can i mean i know it's suspension of disbelief but yeah just the entire time i'm like no for absolutely mm-hmm.
1: not um then there's also a lot of commentary about black representation, horror yeah. movies, and stuff like that. And um, it's obvious they tried to sprinkle in a couple more people of color here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if there was some kind of backlash about how white the first one or something like that. But there's like 12 times the amount of POC characters in this. Oh yeah, film. I think
0: I th- think probably even more than that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was we brought it up when we were watching it. I don't think either of us said it while we watched the first one, but I was like, hmm, no black people in this movie. (laughs) And then the second one, it's just immediately, yeah, they're just like... There's
1: nothing wrong with that other than it feels like they're overcompensating.
0: (laughs) Yeah, especially because none of them are main characters. They're just sprinkled in the background. Mm -hmm. It's like, ah. Kind
1: of reminds me of, I think it was a tweet that I saw, which is, on a side note, I actually saw, I think it was like a reductress line that was like, uh, you know, like... uh, a politically motivated woman, uh, you know, uh, political leanings now just an amalgam of tweets by people she doesn't remember. Yeah. But anyways, it was a tweet talking about how, like, uh, sitcoms will do that, right? To try to, quote-unquote, diversify. They'll sprinkle um, POC, like, extras in the background. But it ends up having this effect of, like, since the main characters are all white and they never interact with these characters of color, it creates another world that also reflects the real world world where races intentionally especially like white people don't necessarily like they might not have an outward problem with characters of color but they don't also they also don't interact with them yeah right so anyways besides all that kind of stuff that was just a I, I would say uh in the stall I said it out loud I still stand by it that's a real hard stab to stab through a stall like that
0: oh yeah through his That'd brain and the, the wall mm-hmm. yeah
1: and so that's another one of those examples of just, like, ah, kind of making him superhuman.
0: Yep, yep. You also know? to guess where his head was. Yeah. Mm. But I do like
1: the ba 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 the fact that, like, immediately after he, like, kind of, like, peers around the corner to make sure the other guys are, like, leaving the stall or the bathroom or whatever, because um, that's more realistic, but the stab to the stall, I didn't like that. Um, and then also there's, like, a... I feel like another layer of... Because obviously this is all commentary on the... On horror, still. Um, the fact that, like, uh, she's up there and she's bleeding, and I think it's obviously, in and of itself, the fact that you, it's blurring the lines, you know, kind of being in a kind of like they don't know what's real and what's fake, kind of a thing. And, you know, the idea being that, like, you can make that argument just like the first one does, kind of to a degree with, like, you watch so many movies at a certain point, like, what's real and fake, kind of blurring the lines, right? But then everybody does realize, and I like that they all have empathy and they realize what's going on, kind of a thing. Because initially, I was thinking, like, Oh it's almost like she's standing there and she's actually experienced this And no one cares because they're so desensitized Because of what's going on But I like that it didn't go that far with being cynical You know the fact that once yeah. people realize what's going on
0: They do still care I do like that uh, At the end of this movie Timothy Oliphant And Billy Loomis's mother Yeah They're doing this to get back at Sydney To get back at these kids for what they did to her son yeah, why kill anybody else? Then I guess. Why kill two of. people in a movie theater?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Like, was that? Yeah. Was that him? Why kill anybody other than Sydney? I guess, kind of. I, like, mean, I guess to like play mind games
0: with her and scare her or something. Yeah, but like in in the first one, we get that he's psychotic. Yeah. But also, everyone he's killing makes sense. Yeah. Even Drew Barrymore, they make an offhanded comment that they used to date. And she left him for somebody else. Um, but yeah, just two people in the yeah. movie theater doesn't really make sense.
1: I know it's not necessarily too complicated in the sense of the motivation, right? Like the motivation is revenge, but it reminds me of that quote from the first one where it's like, oh, you make it too complicated and you lose your audience. It's not uh, complicated on the front end, but it's obviously complicated on the back end, right? Which is like, oh, this is a weird way to go for revenge kind of, yeah. right? Like, like, let's take another example of revenge as the motivation for a serial killer Friday the 13th. She's getting revenge revenge because the camp counselors were mm-hmm. fucking around and their, his her kid died right, but it's the camp counselor so it makes sense whether it be a body count because she's killing all of them yeah. right, whereas like this one it's like well you want revenge on Sydney, so you're killing all of these like new college acquaintances she has that she doesn't care about, and you're killing random people in a movie theater you know what i mean like it's you're not doing a good job of the revenge things you haven't necessarily killed anybody she even cares about yeah. it's just a string of basically strangers like she doesn't know the woman who's home alone watching the sorority house even. yeah that's a great why point. do that yeah you know what was the point of that and i guess you could argue this I think the reporter was i don't even well how did the report how do they even meet right how does the reporter meet timothy the oliphant and then they decide together that this is a good idea Right, because I was going to say the explanation being that maybe Timothy Elephant was immediately, because he's the psycho, right? He just wants to reenact the movie. That's yeah. all he wants. So sure, maybe he goes and kills the, the movie theater. Maybe he kills the sorority girl, right? But what's the point where, like, they meet and the reporter's like, I think, we must team together.
0: I think they say something about meeting on, like, a forum or something like that. Yeah. But, no, I can't remember. Well, ultimately
1: what I'm saying is this is the example of how it is too complicated, so I think the yeah. quote from the first movie works here.
0: Yeah, also, yeah, no, his plan at the... Yeah, he said his plan was, oh, I'm going to go to jail, I'm going to go to mm-hmm. trial, and yeah. I'm going to say movies made me do it, and exactly. yeah, I'm going to get out scot-free. Yeah, so all. that does
1: explain why all the murdering happened. That doesn't have to do with Sydney Shore, and maybe the reporter just came in just for the sake of getting revenge at the very end. you know. But what I'm saying is it's a little watery and like weak. Oh, for sure. You know. Um, Maybe don't have the reporter and it's fine. I like the idea of just a psycho... Like, that's better commentary, in my opinion, of just the whole thing where he's like, I want to be famous, especially because it's really culturally irrelevant in terms of, like, that's how most people view, like, mass shootings these days. Yeah. You know. Um, but you gotta
0: have two killers again, because the first one had two killers.
1: I yeah, I don't like that. I think they really should have went with one killer. Yeah. I really, really do. Because that reporter didn't add anything to me, other than baggage and... Weak, weakening your product, watering it down. It's
0: just a, uh, a another twist. Ooh, I didn't expect it to be this person. This reporter, yeah. All
1: right, eat my whole butt. Um. Well, let's talk a little bit about things that did work. I think that cop car scene, tense as shit. Yeah. Up until the weird jump that we talked about when yeah. we were talking about Scream. what yeah, wall, yeah. Where, like, he's... You know you were talking about how he's out for too long or how he shows up it punches the window out and did the cop and mm-hmm. how he disappears kind of and then reappears and kills her friend but the whole thing where like they have to like pry it back and she like tries the door and it's like jammed and then she realizes she has to go across and she stops to like check the mask but then she like elbows the horn a little bit and she's like oh, i just gotta get out of here and get out of here and then she goes to open the door for a friend but it yeah, won't open so it. her friend she's has gotta to do, do the same shit. yeah great scene it's but, one of those things where like west craven's
0: just doing what he does best you know But also, logistically, think about seeing a car with four people in it. Mm -hmm. Being like, I'm going to kill all four of these people in this Mm -hmm. moving car with a knife. Yes. Uh, It's... Mm -hmm.
1: it's, No, I agree with you. Everything surrounding it is bad, but that specific scene where they have to get out of the car works.
0: Absolutely. But I'm so hung up on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, for the most part, can't really think of too much more... Of the killings, I think uh, maybe when he's on the phone and they're running around campus looking for who's on the phone, that kind of works. Yeah. Um, Rest in peace, Jamie Kennedy.
1: Which, I said it reminds me of the caller ID scene. Yeah. I love that. Almost immediately, like, it's the, immediately after the kind of, like, weird vignette beginning, there's the cold open of her just getting another call, and her being like him being like you don't even know who i am and she's like uh you're jerry livingston of ohio town ohio yeah.
0: and he's like oh what, what? <laughs> yeah um apparently like something like 900 percent the the sales of mm-hmm. color id machines went up after the first scream came out um and yeah i do that's a nice little little added touch Where it's like ooh, this isn't this this gimmick isn't gonna work anymore for this movie
1: yes um, and i like that again it's like again kind of meta table talking without being corny right like it's just them being like yeah color ID exists now totally
0: I like when Gale and Dewey who I'm surprised we haven't mentioned yet did we even
1: mention him in the first
0: one we did not no we didn't talk about Dewey at all Um, well he's WWE champ WWE champ David David Arquette Arquette. I like Dewey I like Dewey too I like Dewey a lot he's just a hometown cop uh, kicked by a horse as a child is that what the story is it's gotta be right <laughs> uh
1: i do like in the first uh movie he's got the i like the line a lot where like she says like i do really well with 18 to 24 year olds or whatever yeah, she's like, oh you do and watch she's like you show. do watch that. and he goes ma'am i'm
0: 25 i was 24 for a whole year that's great yeah um so cute i like when they are checking the footage that they got to see if they can find the killer yeah and then the other tv turns on and it's like oh this is the killer's footage mm-hmm. footage oh no and it keeps flipping through and flipping through, flipping through which also them. ties
1: well into uh, uh, timothy uh, all the final river's name is yeah because he's film yeah.
0: major got a camera and then the very last shot is them yeah it's like ooh, that's good that's very good
1: you can cut up there and it's ghost face work on the projector that's a little comical but
0: yeah yeah um
1: i also like the ims in the um oh the library library scene because yeah again like you don't know who you're looking for could be anyone in there could easily get out too yeah it's just so out in the open like it's just one of those things where like you know just kind of basic stalker 101 undermine your general sense of security which is actually a false sense of security because you're really not safe anywhere
0: i thought all the cotton stuff was weird yeah he I guess he's a good added layer for like another person that could potentially be the killer, but I do like when Gail gets out of this situation uh, right after reviewing the footage and she runs into him and he's covered in blood. He's like, I just found Dewey and she's like, Oh no and she runs and he's like, Ah shit. Hmm it's great just oh there's no way i'm getting out of this one
1: <laughs> on a side note i will say I, I i i want to take it back a little bit about the reporter but again i just don't think it works i actually really like that the reporter's thing is that like and everywhere in the medium mediates blame the parents blame the parents blame the parents so i like that a little bit but again i just don't think they do enough with it it doesn't work
0: it comes out of really. absolutely nowhere yeah, yeah
1: exactly yeah but i do like that idea of like do something with that yeah don't just mention it at the end and expect me to think that that's Yeah. A good story. (laughs)
0: Ugh. But anyways, to go back to what we were talking about. It's like, to go back to what we were talking about, uh, reverse Yahtzee on you, or reverse Uno on you. Um, I don't remember
1: what we were talking about. Do you?
0: No, I'm going... (laughs) This this is taking too long. To go back to what you were just saying about the twist, it is the worst kind of twist in a movie. We're like ah, twist, mm-hmm. and now it makes sense for a bunch of stuff. I'm going to tell you that you would have no possible way fucking of way of understanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, that's a good twist, but I guess I couldn't have seen that coming because you were lying mm-hmm. to me.
1: Yeah, it's almost like um, it's not as much of a sin in this movie. In fact, I'm not even complaining about it. But like, I've, I know I've heard reviewers talk about how like maybe the twist in Friday the Thirteenth would work a little bit better if like Mrs. Voorhees was a character in the movie before that yeah. point? Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of how I feel about the reporter is like, okay, you just lied to me. You told me she was a reporter the whole time. I'm not necessarily surprised that she's Billy Loomis's mom because I didn't give a fuck about her. She was just a reporter who keeps bugging Gail. Like, yeah, almost if it was... Like, what if it was Billy's mom... And Billy's mom was treating Sydney the same way that Cotton was, right? And so you've just got this like storm of like she's starting college, and now Gail's bringing Cotton into her life, and this you know Billy's mom's tracked her down and keeps harassing her too, right? And she's got all these things she's worrying about, but instead, I don't think the movie does a Also, of
0: that. She would know what Billy's mom fucking looks like. Hundred percent, yeah. She was a fucking no. A, a, her mom was fucking her husband, mm-hmm. and also. She walked out of them like a year ago. There's no way she doesn't know what Billy Loomis's mom looks like. Is it Billy's or is it Matthew Lillard's mom? It's Billy it's Billy's Billy? mom. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, cuz she's like cuz your whore mother slept with my husband. Ah, right 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 right. Um
1: there was one other strength I wanted to give it. Uh bababooi bababooi booey Yeah, I I think that might be it uh to go back to scream one though please something i forgot to mention was like the other thing that's really 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 cool about scream over other slasher movies is like and i think i touched on it briefly when i was talking about like oh man like i feel like anyone could die right well why is that because i actually care about these characters yeah which is a rarity in horror movies but especially slasher movies my For God sure. is rare rarity, sure. rarity yeah. in slasher movies.
0: They're just usually just dumb teenagers that you just kind of hate because mm-hmm. they're going to die anyway. Yeah. yeah.
1: And Scream does have like the archetypes, right? Like yeah. You know, Billy Loomis, in the script at least, was supposed to be the jockey type, and then Matthew Lillard was kind of supposed to be, like, the funny Stonery stoner kid. type, and, you know, uh, Jamie's the nerd, mm-hmm. you know, and Sydney's the, the virgin with her girlfriend being the polar opposite of the, quote-unquote, like, slut who sleeps around or whatever, but they're all interesting, three-dimensional, I like them, you know. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, to go back to the second one... Um yeah, i don't know what else i really have to say about it i guess i can give it points for the Omega beta zeta kill scene because there's a neat there's two neat things that happen yeah. to that which i Completely like forgot about that the yeah. fact that the phone stops working when she's on the porch kind of a thing right so she has to go back in the house if she wants to get help mm-hmm. i mean unless she wants to like just run to a neighbor's house which she also has the obligation to be there because if anyone calls drunk so she can give them a ride home right that's the whole reason why she's
0: home in the first place that feels like second priority if you're being stopped yes.
1: and then there's that scene where she goes back inside so you can try to make the no- and she hears the noise upstairs kind of a thing i'm her- like oh, fuck dude and then like it turns out someone is home but they're not upstairs they're in the living room kind of a thing and at that point i don't think i'd let her off the hook that easy i would have been like hey bitch listen i heard a noise upstairs let's go check it out together but instead she's just like oh i have fun at the party. <laughs> and ignores the weird call like if i have a weird call like that and hear a noise in the house i'm sorry i'm asking you to drop whatever you're doing like or i'm calling the cops or what she tried to do she tried to call the security but like i'm definitely like if you came to the door and you're like oh shit, i forgot my watch i'm like yeah also stay for a second because i just heard some shit in the like, attic yeah. right after i got a weird call
0: Yeah, you know what i really like about that too is yeah her friend's there it, be, it feels a little bit safe for a second and the phone rings again and her friend answers it yes and it's like yeah hold on a second she goes it's dylan and she goes okay well, you know, you know, be safe, this and that. She's like, yeah. okay, don't forget to lock the door. And then she, yeah. it. And she picks up the phone and she's like, it's not Dylan. Don't mm-hmm. forget to lock the door. It's like, oh, fuck, yeah. he heard your conversation. You just said he's in the house. Yeah, oh,
1: but again, good. before that, I wouldn't even be like, oh, hey, friend, have a good time later. I would have been like, hey, bitch, I don't care if it is Dylan. you are got to stick around for a quick second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyways.
0: Also, Dylan, you should probably hear this too. <laughs> yeah.
1: There was just a guy in the phone. It's me again.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So glad I told you not to go to the party yet. Um. So yeah, overall, you yeah, got closing statements. You want to wrap it up? You want to grade it? I don't like it. Don't like it?
0: It has its, it has its moments, but overall, I'd give it a C-. minus.
1: Yeah, I was thinking C territory. Yeah. Because like, like I said, there's that handful of like four or five scenes where I'm like, I like this, or even like smaller subsets of the scene where I'm like, this works really well. But the bulk of it is just messy, spotty, and kind of a diluted version of what the first one was. Yeah. You know?
0: I'm excited to watch three because I'm doing that. And I've never seen four. Scroforum. Neither have I. Five's coming out I've soon, I've never too. seen
1: Fantastic... Fan... Fan four stick, either.
0: I don't remember much of it, but I saw it and went, that was bad. That was yeah. the end of it.
1: I've also never seen Chronicle, but they're, they're making a Chronicle, too. Are they? Yep.
0: Max Holandis wrote Chronicle.
1: He did. He's also on an episode of the X-Files Files that I've refused up into this point to listen to, but it's the X-Cops one. It's the one where the cops has a crossover with the X-Files. Oh, no. So I don't want to hear them talk about that, but I also don't really want to hear Max Landis talk.
0: There's an episode of Red Letter Media where they talk about Neil Breen. He's basically like the new Tommy Wiseau. And I want to hear them talk about those movies, but they got fucking Max Landis with them. Yeah. Maybe There's one much...
1: day I will, because sometimes I'm like, I should listen to some X-Files files. And I'm like, there is that one episode I haven't seen. And I'm like, I ah,
0: just can't do it. Yeah, that guy's a legit monster. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, anyways... That was, This was a 3 fur.
0: This was a 3 fur. It was a 4 fur. We talked about 2001. Briefly. There might be a okay
1: extended play version of that EP. Okay. One day.
0: Well, it was a 3 with a little bonus for you.
1: EP and extended play the same shit. There might be an LP version of that EP. The EP might have been a signal of an LP to come.
0: Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>
1: If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time...